Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of Pillars and Beer, season three, episode two. We're here in the Hall Wine Studio, joined by my co-host and bestie, Austin, and Nick Norris, remotely from Virginia, he says. It is fun to know that it's season three and to know what episode that it is, because in season two, like we, we just gave up. We're like, we're on episode 38 of season two, I think. And season three focuses on guests, uh, which we're really excited about. So we will be catching up with our old pal, Kate Chastain a little later this episode. Um, and that's gonna be a lot of fun. That is gonna be a lot of fun. Um, I had a chance to, uh, I had a chance to catch up with her at BravoCon, and which is why this all kind of happened. There's no need to talk about it anymore because we'll be catching up with her later. Yeah. And uh, Austin reminded me that she was actually on our original Instagram Lives back um, from Rutledge Street during COVID. Which is funny in itself because it just goes to show how drunken that our lives were that that you didn't really remember but once again we'll we'll talk about that with her and see if she remembers because she probably was we're gonna i don't think we're gonna tell her that (laughs) um but we'll see when we get there but we just actually left a big dog party at the beach i was doing a holiday um our holiday photo shoot uh a little part of it down on sullivan's island by the old fort and then austin to take pictures in our new gear which i mean it's true I have on these like burnt orange cords that fit like a dream. And uh, it just reminds me of fall, Craig. And, and, and I'd say that we're like full on in fall in the low country. Would you say? I right now, man, I, the weather, this fall feeling I'm hooked on. And I like to say holiday season. Cause I can't say fall is my favorite. Cause I love early winter too. But I mean, my routine right now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change. Okay, well, what is your routine? Well, it's like every evening I pour myself a pumpkin nitro uh, beer, nitro beer, yeah, which, which which you and I have been raving about the past couple of these. Actually. I'm hooked on them, and I pour myself one, and I go on a golf cart ride through my community until the beer's gone, and then I go home, and it's just the weather is perfect. And, and before anyone even says anything, <clears throat> look. Um, Craig and myself love a variety of beers. Um, it does not always have to be Trop Pop, and I don't have uh, a nitro beer, which now that I'm drinking the hell out of this makes me kind of want to come out well, with yes, one. But anyways, because I'm like I'm going to order a Guinness at the bar. Yeah, and my I'm headed to Miami um, this weekend for the Live Championship, and I'm going to order a Guinness and just see what everyone looks at me like. <laughs> Why they're going to look at you weird? Isn't that weird to order a Guinness? Or no, I just have never done it. No, before. you've never ordered a Guinness, Craig. It is. A surprisingly smooth and like light beer, but everyone thinks that just because it's dark as hell that it's just like, oh my gosh, that's probably like a thousand calories. No, it's super light. It's like a four point something percent. It's pretty light. Yeah, Um, I don't think anyone realizes it's a light beer. It like truly is. Um, How do you make a nitro beer? So I think that I went into this last week a little bit. Could you do it here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, basically what you need is, like, the gas that pushes the beer through the line through the draft is CO2. And so all that you need to do is have, you know, nitrogen be the gas that pushes the beer through the line so it's not as carbonated. Well, that seems wildly too simple to change a beer. But, um, well, wait, what was I? Okay, so 
fall. I I just want to talk about fall more because just talking about the holidays, like for instance, I drink like I drink coffee now. So I have a um Yeah, I'm on a coffee machine. Too. Really? Yeah. And I, so iced coffee though. Nespresso's my shit. And what it is is that you put like a pod in there, you know, you hit a button, boom. Yeah, Keurig's mine. They sent me one. Okay. They got me hooked. And um and I just ordered like uh, a bunch of pumpkin pods, like a bunch of pumpkin spice pods or whatever, and yeah. a bunch of um, peppermint pods for Christmas. So it's like I don't want to rush through each kind of season or each kind of holiday. So Halloween, I mean, I love it, right? Because it's like the beginning. It's the beginning of the holidays, fall, the air is changing. As we've talked about, I'm obsessed with like Casper and oh, I just Hocus Pocus. It. I watched Casper again. So good. I found Never the girl's gets TikTok. Uh, oh, no, it was Matilda. I found Matilda's TikTok on TikTok. Okay, yeah, that's not the same person. No, but, um, I know, but I thought it was the girl from Casper at first. And so it's like when when Halloween is over, which is rapidly approaching, then we kind of move into my absolute bread and butter favorite part of the year, and that is like leading up to Thanksgiving. And I just, I mean, pumpkin everything, like fall colors and I'm going to wear the hell out of these burnt orange pants and just, it's just, it's just lovely. It's just, ah, I like the ball, you know, called football. Oh man. It's just the best sitting on the porch. Um, yeah, I like, I, I, I'm not, I mean, I've said it on here before. I'm not a big Halloween guy. Like I don't care what happens this weekend. Um, but like, but like what it kind of like signifies, right? It, it, means the approaching of Thanksgiving and Christmas is right. kind of why for me it's like, I'm going to get real excited right after this weekend. Exactly. Right. Because then you're moving into Thanksgiving, which I know that Christmas is yours, but Thanksgiving might be my favorite holiday. Yeah. It just happens fast. Like after you eat on Thanksgiving, you're just like, so it's over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of like, you know, unless you wake you're a up little on Friday, play flashlight tag, but you know, you wake up like on Friday and, you know, you're already lighting Christmas trees and whatnot for preparation and crib. Yeah. So, I mean, I get that. It's definitely, but uh, it's just the whole month of November, especially here in the low country. It's like, you can look outside and just tell that it's got like a little bit of chill in the air. It's the best time to play golf down here, in my opinion. So we'll have to play, Craig. We'll have to play. Yeah. On a, uh, on another note with all this talk of, well, yes, I do want to play golf with you. I agree with you. Fall's great. Um, on another, Greg note, is just though, looking ahead, man. He's looking at our notes. Well, uh, you can't tell people that. Okay, but there's one thing in particular. No, why not? Of course, we have notes. Um, well, I was going to say, with all this talk of, you know, nuclear war that's about to break out. Uh, did you see that? <laughs> we go right from pumpkin spice to yeah. nuclear war. Pumpkin spice and everything nice while we can enjoy it. Uh, did you? <laughs> I will say it's, I'm on this TikTok kick. Pumpkin spice and nuclear war. Yeah, Nick. I'm going to jump all over. That's name. But I am on TikTok and there's all these like, like real country people being like, good luck to any country that invades us with all our guns. And it makes me like kind of laugh and happy. I'm just like, oh, that is true. <laughs> Everyone here is <laughs> like, good luck coming into my house. Yeah. They're going to go from like taking over a city to like going somewhere in West Virginia and being like, this is the yeah. most formidable force we have ever faced. I'm going to, I'm going to introduce you real quick to Widowmaker. <laughs> Winchester. Um, <laughs> so I saw recently that they think Mars might've been nuked. 
and uh, I'm I'm all for it. It it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> You're all for Mars being nuked. Yeah, because basically there's, it. and we won't get too far into it, but there's, there's all of this evidence that Mars used to look like Earth, and well, that now, it potentially could, right? That you know, there there like are riverbeds, and there are, yeah, right, and it appears to basically be have had a nuclear winter where the entire face of the planet was just scorched and like that, like they ruined the planet. And a lot of people were saying that it got nuked by aliens. But my take would be that Mars was just like earth until it basically destroyed itself. So then through <clears throat> a nuclear war. So hey, that is wild, right? Because then that means that there's another force out there that's like, Fuck Mars. We are going to obliterate well, unless your ass. The, unless the civilizations of Mars nuked each other. So do you think, oh, okay, okay. Well, That's what I too. think. So yeah. it's like the left side nuked the right side or, you know, the northern yeah. hemisphere nuked the, the southern hemisphere. went in the air and they destroyed <laughs> at the, themselves. At you know, the same time and just, okay, so do you think that there's something out there that's just like, all right, well, we could take out you. Like, we could take you out whenever we want, but we're just going to kind of let you be. We're gonna let you I be mean, probably, with, because we're because all going to destroy us off yet. And we're going to destroy ourselves anyway. But, um, no, I think everyone on Mars died. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, but that's... Okay, but, yeah, but, you're saying there's, if a, there's another thing that destroyed Mars, and maybe they're like, should we also do that to Earth? Or they're like, they're not pissing us off yet because they're not, yeah. you know... Nick, did you see Technologically, this? like, advanced to piss us off yet. Right. Oh, yeah. I actually had it in my notes as well, especially for you. I think that... I, I can buy that theory. It makes the most sense. they nuked each other. Yeah. And that... What, what would they say, like, a million years ago or something? I'm probably way farther back than that. But um, it basically says that that's what Earth would look like if we had an all-out nuclear war, is Mars. Yes. If we launched every... It goes back to that, uh, you know, that uh, albino black sheep video at the end of the Z world. Did you ever watch that as a kid? <clears throat> that is the weirdest statement I think I've ever heard. No. You haven't seen that video? I'll send it to you after this. Albino, an albino what? It's like one of the OG YouTube channels from like back in the day. It's like a 2004 a video. Guy. Yeah. Except I did just see a girl get her diamond like plaque and I was like, that's so cool. She got 10 million subscribers. Craig got very, very jealous slash like excited when we were at um, Chicks in the Office and they pulled out their plaque for 100,000 subscribers, which I think is silver. And Craig was like, oh, man, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I that's want right. that. That was really cool, Damn guys. Um, wait, why? What did, what did you see in our notes that made you laugh? Okay. What if Paige and I were cousins? Oh, yeah. So I was reading something and basically this couple found out that they were cousins or whatever. And they're like staying together and everyone's giving them like a ton of shit. Like they were married already or something. Oh. And I was like, I mean, I haven't talked to Paige about this, but like if Paige and I discovered we were cousins at this point, like what would you do? I think I, you know, my, I would stay together. I'd like, <laughs> weirded out. I mean, at this point, I mean, I guess, you know, like you've been there and back like the, it, it, it's not going to change anything. Like it would only be out of principle that we broke up and be like, look, well, I mean, I mean, actually, yeah. I mean, you know, isn't like, you know, the chromosomal pattern. Wait, well, what cousins too- are you? As I think that matters. 
I mean, I wrote this being like first cousins. Like, what if we found out that like we just didn't know real heavy Delta eight? Okay, so first off, I was like, uh, so Craig and I share these notes on our iPhone. So I saw that he had updated the notes and I was sitting there like, all right, you know, let's see what Craig said. And when he said that, I was like, I wanted to text him so bad, but I was like, don't text him. We'll just talk about it on the podcast. And I thought that because TikTok and just social media in general have so many like theories and things like, okay, well, Craig's going to take over for Andy or maybe Craig's going to be in like a Lifetime movie. I thought that maybe you were getting, you know, messages that people were like, wait a minute, we looked at your family trees and we think that y'all are related. And so I was sitting there like, no way. Like Craig is about to tell me some (laughs) shit, but he just had like a high thought where he was like, what if we were cousins? I feel like we all know people. By the way, I've heard about um, people in Charleston, by the way, that have hooked up and found out that they're cousins. You know that, you know, Shep and Thomas are cousins. Yeah. Right? So it's like, imagine if Thomas or, or Shep was like a girl. They totally would have like, you know, hooked up with each other and not even known. Uh, well, and so. Because they're two horn dogs. Right. And I think that happens down here a lot. Like second, third cousins. I mean, there are cases where people know that prior and they don't care. Now, if Paige and I had a huge crush on each other and we found out we were cousins, no, I would not have pursued my cousin. But at this point, I mean, we've been together for over a year. I think I'd just eat it. Like, I mean, that's what pissed me off at, on Game of Thrones when they didn't just, like, stay together. Like, the, what was it, a sister and a brother? Okay, well, Game of Thrones is completely different, dude. They all just kind of, you know, intermarry. I mean, the uncle is marrying, you know, his niece, and they're just trying to keep that bloodline pure and keep everything there. So that's not a good example. Okay, so if you found out, like, well, see, you and Olivia is a little, like, I was going to say, like, if you found out you and Olivia were, like, second or third cousins, would you just never hook up again? I I don't think, uh, I don't think that that would would change much. (laughs) Second or third cousins, I'd be like, eh, I mean... You know, right? I mean, dude, a second cousin, a second cousin, a second. So, so that's my, that's my mother's cousin's kids. Yeah. Yeah. That is so far removed. I, I mean, look, I'm not going to, you know, pursue it, right? Like, if I know right. that information, you're not, you know, pursuing it. But if years had passed and you'd built something beautiful and then it came out, <laughs> I mean, then that you're you like something beautiful with your cousin, man, maybe we've I mean, been but you don't know South. it's your cousin. That's true. No, I know. And, uh, I, do you know what first cousin or a cousin one removed is? I'm pretty sure that that means that your step parents. No, it's your cousin's kids. Oh, okay. I've always wondered what to call my cousin's kids. Second cousins. No, no cousins. Your cousin's kids are your cousins. One removed, right? Your first cousins. One. removed. And so my cousins have very, you know, beautiful girls, but, but I just always called like, you know, they always just call me freaking uncle Austin, obviously. And, and, and I just refer to them as, you know, my nieces. I mean, they're very clearly not because they're my cousins. Once removed, that's, that's what they are. But what the hell am I going to, you know, like, Oh, you guys are just, they're just the cutest little girls. They're the cutest little girls, and they call me Uncle Osti. Uh, I mean, look, I think we, uh, I think we bring Kate in. So let's take a uh, a quick commercial break, and uh, we'll be back with Kate Chastain from a uh, lots of stuff. <laughs> but originally, Blow Deck. 
Bird Dog's pants are perfect for fall golf. I just had a tournament last weekend, a charity tournament. I had nothing, well, nothing that I thought was comfortable enough to wear, but still looked good, you know, to impress those old college friends. And I remembered that I had Bird Dog's pants. I mean, I might not play like Tiger on a bender, but I'll feel just as good. (laughs) It doesn't matter if it's Florida or 10 degrees in New England or Chicago. They have these signature shorts with built-in liners, which I'm going to tell you what I wear for working out really all the time. All the time, I wear bird dogs to work out in. I do not care if it's dead of winter, and they're just the most comfortable shorts you can know. You don't wear boxers with them, which should pique your interest, Greg, you psycho. And that is why I love them. The built-in liner, everyone should experience this type. Well, I started wearing them because of you, and... Yeah, that's I, called I just, influencing, Greg. I, I, I know, it. and I I have become a huge bird dogs fan, um, honestly. And if you want to join us in wearing something comfortable yet stylish as heck, go to birddogs.com, enter promo code pillows, and they'll throw in a free bird dogs rope hat. That's birddogs.com promo code pillows, and boom, a free bird dogs rope hat with your pair of bird dogs, dude. You wear that hat a lot too, and so do I. The most comfortable shorts, pants, and sweatpants with built-in liners. You will not take these things off, I promise you. And for all of my, what is it called when you don't wear underwear? Free ballers. Free ballers out there. Bird Dogs is for you. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, y'all. Here's a, here's a little talk about mental health and trying to get help to feel better about yourself. I feel like there is a stigma out there that seeing a therapist is is like weak. something wrong or something weak, right? And it is the opposite. It is a way to talk out your feelings, to get um, advice from um, a medical professional. And it's something that I have taken very, very seriously. And that is my mental health. Um, and I think that everybody needs to take it very, very seriously as well. So I know that better help for me being able to be at home and talk to somebody and not having to leave and I don't have to bother my friends with all my problems um it's been an absolute game changer for yeah, me yeah that i mean that really jump started my therapy journey was being able to talk to someone on zoom um all the conversations that i have in my head all day i was finally able to have with someone else and it just really really helped me so if you're thinking of giving therapy a try also better help is a great option It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapist at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash pillows and beer to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash pillows and beer. Calling all Lego enthusiasts. Get ready for a fun outdoor adventure at the Museum of the Shenandoah Valley in Winchester. Nature Connects is here. Showcasing animal sculptures built with Lego bricks, including a giant polar bear, an 11-foot rhino, and life-size zebra. Experience the magic. Get discount tickets at the MSV.org. That's the MSV.org. Nature Connects, an extraordinary display created by artist Sean Kenny. Sponsored in part by Perry Engineering. Company. All right. What is up, besties? Welcome back to this episode of Pillows and Beer. We are finally joined 
by uh, a very special guest who we've had some fun times with throughout the years uh, on Bravo, but y'all might best know her as being an OG on Below Deck um, and hosting Galley Talk, amongst a lot of other things that she's done. Serious Radio. Um, She was a guest one time on our... (laughs) on our drunken lives during COVID for like five minutes. And I think that we were a little too much and she might've jumped off. Anyways, welcome Kate Chastain. Hey guys, thanks for having me. You know, I have to be honest. I mean, COVID was a weird time for all of us. I barely remember that Instagram live. I think I was a little bit drunk as well, but I, I do remember thinking we had a great time. Yeah. I didn't like remember that to its fullest either. Um, I mean, we were all so drunk the whole time. I mean, which is yeah. what we were supposed to do. They were like, stay inside and drink. And we're like, okay, we got this. Um, but it's cool. Yeah. That, I mean, that was kind of the birth of this podcast. And so it's awesome to come full circle and have you join us now. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that's what we always talk about too. So it's always funny where it's like the things that we did during COVID. And I know that you were doing like a bunch of stuff too. And the fact that we birthed this podcast from that and uh, you were there. So Full circle. I gotta say, you guys have really good radio voices. Oh, thank you. Oh, nice. Thank you. Well, yeah. you, you, uh, you would know better than us. You've done a lot of stuff, which is cool. But where are you at right now? Are you in Florida or? Yeah, I'm in Florida. I'm actually dog sitting for my parents. Um, so I'm in Melbourne Beach. Uh, this is where like Space Coast, the uh, SpaceX launches are going off, and it's a surf town. It's a small town. Yeah, that's where you're from, right? Yeah. I will be in Miami this weekend, which I have Can not done Can you see in a them while. launching, by the way? Can you see those? Oh, things? is it? Yeah. Yeah, they go off like three times a week. Elon's going crazy over here. It's gotten to the point where I was at the beach last week and uh, I didn't even notice it. Like, we just are bored by the rockets going into space every day. Like, oh, I guess that's a launch. Would you ever go to space? Absolutely. Um, I would. I, I kind of want to feel like I should be the first stewardess in space, you know? That's put that cool. on my resume to infinity and beyond. I'm terrified. See, I'm scared. I'm a scaredy cat. See, I saw this thing. I'm pretty sure that Cam just posted it talking about William Shatner went into space and thought it was going to be this like epic thing that like he had filmed a show about, you know, being in space his whole life. Right. And then he went up there and he was like, I was like alone and it, it depressed me and I realized that being back on earth is what you know life is freaking all about and no, so I it, thought he was, was saying that it was sad because we're destroying the earth I and or something like that I don't know I couldn't figure out what he was talking he, about but. he said that being up there kind of you know depressed him because it's just it's just so like alone <laughs> and 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 he's like the place to be well, that's why earth. Kate wouldn't be alone <laughs> Did they send him up? I need to look into this after the podcast. Yeah. I can't believe they would send him up alone. Like, yeah, I don't think that, yeah, that would be. He was just like alone, but like the feeling of just the vast kind of you know yeah. emptiness and coldness that is outer space. I think is what he was referring to. No, he probably did not that do was kind a of solo mission. Austin. <laughs> yeah, see, and some people would think so, and that's what he was saying. He was like, "I thought it was going to be yeah. beautiful and, and amazing, and it was actually terrifying, and I don't want to do it again." I'm just well, once is enough. Once is probably enough, but I'm <laughs> sure it true. does give you quite per, like perspective. Crazy perspective. That's in a lot what, of ways. That's yeah. Know what he was saying. Well, the, cool. we've we've had this question before. It was like, oh, well, this is dark. But then we'll get to happy stuff. They're like, if you had to die in outer space or at the bottom of the ocean, what would you pick? Space. I feel like space would happen quick, right? So, 
Like well, I mean, they're both going to happen first, quick, I think. Austin, but it's I just where you, you want to be. I think you'd freeze to death first in space. I just feel like um, I'm thinking about afterwards. Like I wouldn't want fish like eating my body. <laughs> I'd rather become a star. Oh, sure. that's you know, cool. just for the legacy. I want to be like out people looking up at me, not becoming fish poop. I I I respect that answer so much. I'm gonna have to do some some introspective thinking on that one. Well, uh, yeah. And I know you get asked this probably plenty, but um, you know, speaking of stewardess, being a stewardess, how did you start working on in boats? Like, was that just like on a whim, or how did you get into to the yacht life? Yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to this. Um, there's something called the quarter life crisis. I think it's a bigger deal than the midlife crisis because once you have your midlife crisis, you've already made your decisions. You're now you're just coming to terms with them. But the quarter life crisis is when you are just, you know, just graduated from college or maybe you're mid twenties and you have to figure out where do I want to live? What do I want to be when I grow up? What am I going to do? How am I going to define true. myself? And you're at a point in your life where you're so young, you don't have the tools to really make those decisions. So it's kind of like, Oh fuck. So I was at that moment after college graduation, like I don't really want to get an entry level job in a cubicle and a studio apartment and just start working nine to five, you know, until retirement or death or whatever comes first. So I was like, okay, my cousin in the nineties had worked on yachts. And I mean, it was so long ago that they would send postcards. There was, there was no internet guys. So I grew up looking at all her postcards on our fridge and I was like, okay, this is like an escape route from adult life. I'll go for one year. I'll work on yachts. I'll travel the world. I'll save money. It'll buy me some time. And then after a year, I'll come back with my money and decide on my own terms what I want to do with my life. So um, I sold my Jeep and I went to Fort Lauderdale. And within a week, I was working on a yacht. And I was on a yacht with like 16 hot, international, well-traveled, Australian, New Zealand, British crew members. I mean, it was a huge yacht, the amount of money. And it was just like I was Dorothy in Wizard of Oz, like, whoa. And uh, it was like summer camp for adults. There's bunk beds. You've got a private chef. You're partying so hard. And uh, when the owners aren't on board, the yacht's yours. So we would work like. See, that's cool. I, that's what everyone yeah, always we, wonders. They're like, yeah. do they get to like, want, like enjoy the boat? The answer is yes. Yeah, we would stop working at five and take out the quarter of a million dollar tender and go wakeboarding around Fort Lauderdale. I was like. This is the dream. So I really loved it. And I ended up doing it longer. And so I did it for about six years, did like three seasons in the Mediterranean. I crossed the Atlantic Ocean. I did five or six winters in the Caribbean, you know, did New England, Central America. And at that point, I was kind of like, you know, now what? And that's when I heard about a reality show about yachting on Bravo. And when I heard about it, something like the clouds parted, a ray of sunshine came down. I was like... I'm going to be on that show. You're like, this is the answer. You freaking manifested yeah. it. You manifested yeah. it. Well, there that, you go. that sounds amazing, by the way. I mean, that's so, so relatable, by the way. You know, when you graduate, it's kind of like, okay, well, do I want to move here and just, you know, get some, you know, entry level job and just, you know, this is my life. And now I'm literally working for the weekends. Right. So when I graduated, yeah. I moved to Vail, Colorado. And I just wanted to be on the mountain as much as I possibly could be. And I didn't care, you know, where I was living. I was living in, in 
like a closet, but I was like having the best time and kind of like you said, a bunch of like, you know, New Zealanders and like well, you you know, Argentinians. And then I did move to uh, New Zealand to kind of keep that winter going, right? Because our summer's their winter, wow. as you know. And and I just kept on doing it and kept on going. And I was like, I don't really know what it is that I want to do with my life, but I know that I'm having a hell of a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, this, that, the other. And then all of a sudden I moved to Charleston, living my best life. And then my path crosses, you know, with these guys. And, you know, that was six years ago. And but but I feel that, though, it's so relatable. Well, no one really talks like, about the quarter life crisis. And I was in college at the time and then did the same thing. But it was just with more schooling because I was like, I'm going to buy myself time and just go to law yeah. school because that'll give me three years, some like loans to live off of. And I can just like, yeah. attend and have fun. But that's totally a route people take. They're like, well, I guess I'll get my master's. Yeah, because you're only like but, 20 years old. You're see, 21. And, and you're like, that yeah, they just keep going to, to school. Yeah. And you're like, I don't my know. brother went to the came, um went into the seminary to become a Catholic priest after getting his college, after getting his <laughs> master's. That's a seven year extra schooling. He really bought himself some time. And then, uh, thank God I got famous because I really would have been the black sheep, you know, when your younger brother is a Catholic priest. (laughs) Um, But so he he made it through six years. And when it came time to graduate from the seminary, I think he was like, well, you know what? Maybe maybe I just don't want to be a Catholic priest. And now he's married with three kids. But uh, which was a a little annoying. He got married in Mount Pleasant, actually, in Charleston. But. It was a little annoying. I was like, you know, you're my younger brother. It's a little annoying when the younger brother Catholic priest gets married before you. I was like, (laughs) you're really making me look bad here. The, uh, yeah, that's, that is. See, a a little rough. Another thing too about, you know, working on the boat and living on the boat is that you don't have to pay rent, right? So it's like, and when you're working, you're not spending money. So it's like, it's all, you know, piling money. What was the biggest boat that you were on? Um, I worked on like a 200 footer Wow! and that's really the sweet spot because like on the show below deck, usually it's around 150 feet, um, 180 feet, but anything bigger than 200 feet, the crew gets so big that it starts feeling like a mini cruise ship. Like there are some yachts where you don't even see your crew members because they're, they're on the other side of the boat. Like, so it's, there's a very sweet spot where there's a, enough crew that you don't get annoyed with them. It's not like super cabin fever. Like you're breathing too much. Get away from me. <laughs> there's enough, enough personalities to mix around with, but not so many that it's like, you're just like on an ant farm. No, that would definitely. And then seniority is based thing. on how, how long you've been on that boat or how long you've been in the industry or your position. Both, okay. both, which is something I really did not understand when I started. I mean, I learned more in my yachting career than I did in college for sure. Just in life experience, because like, after on my first job, I was like, after working eight hours, I was like painting my nails. I'm like, so we're done here. We're done. Right. <laughs> and they were like, no, we work a lot harder and you are the bottom of the totem pole. And I was like, ew. <laughs> so it, it took a while. Yeah. That would be, that would be frustrating. It's like being a pledge again. That would be very yeah. frustrating. I'd be like, no, no, no. I'm older than you. But then when you do get that status, works. you're like, all right, you go wipe, go wipe that off. No, like, true. True. That yeah. that mm-hmm. must have been nice, you know, once you kind of like, you know, moved up the ranks and then you're like, okay, now this is fun. Where was your favorite yeah. port city? Um, so I, I get asked this all the time. I really, really love and recommend St. Bart's, but I mean, it's so expensive, but rightfully so. It's, you know, a small island in the Caribbean, but it's European. So it's got the luxury of like France, it's French, but the beauty of the Caribbean, but also the British Virgin Islands, Tortola, it's um, magical. And then in the Mediterranean, I really love uh, Palma de Mallorca 
and the south of France and the Amalfi Coast, Capri. I mean, there's, yeah, see, there's a lot of beautiful like, spots. What a life. Dude, she's making me feel super. I know. Like I want to go back and like. And I feel like I've on traveled a-, a bunch, and Craig did too. You know, Craig. Craig went on this like you know worldwide tour, and I feel like I've traveled a bunch, and you're making me feel like a total bum. Thank you. That's such a nice compliment. Yes, I mean it's it's really cool, and like the stories that you gather from doing something like that, and it's sad. I haven't really looked at that quarter life thing for a long time because I just I felt like I had to make a decision. Um, but now I'm like regretting not studying abroad. I'm regretting not working on a boat. Yeah. Like going. Listen, I think everybody fun. here did quite all right, all things yes, considered. Yes. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then we all get to see each other at BravoCon, which was a lot of fun. I know Austin's been. Real curious how your experience was. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what I, you know, wanted to ask is like clearly, so, you know, you've like, you made the decision to leave below deck and then, you know, you did things with, um, you know, Bravo and, or serious Andy radio and then, you know, galley talk and this and that. So clearly you're still just like very involved in the Bravo universe and Bravo wants you to be like involved in it very clearly. And, so obviously for Craig and I to go as people who are on like a show still, and then for you to come as someone who used to be, but is like, you know, recognizable still. And, and so you did all of um, the interviews. And so just kind of wanted to hear your perspective on, on that side of it. So it's like, you know, you've been like on this side of it and now you're on that side of it, very much a part of Bravo still. You know, for some reason, I just, I feel like it's high school In high school. Um, I went to private school, but I hung out with like cool public school kids, but I was a cheerleader. So I was friends with the jocks and I was, but I was also a stoner. So I was like friends with the, you know, the hippies. So I kind of like knew everybody, but wasn't in a clique. And I felt like uh, BravoCon was kind of like, you know, high school re- like reunion kind of deal. Like you guys, I hope you don't mind this. You guys are like the popular jocks. <laughs> we'll take right? It. Yeah, we'll take, take it. That. I mean, nice. I would say so. You guys but are the popular along, jocks. And then we get along with the nerds too. And, or we yeah, who, are, who are the nerds, know, are the nerds. of oh, Bravo? Oh, oh, we could do like What's superlatives. Yeah, but that is funny. I, exactly. Okay, so right. So there's a very fun like metaphor there. But um, so I kind of feel like I'm very good friends with some of the housewives, but I also am really good friends with like Amanda and Kyle from Summer House. And I'm friends with you guys. So I, and I'm obviously friends with like below deck people. So I kind of, because um, below deck, it wasn't like really an ensemble it kept having new people every year. Um, and also we're a different kind of show. I feel like housewives, summer house, winter house. Now Southern charm, you guys all stay in one town. You guys have relationships sure. and you guys right. go to, I mean, I'm very jealous. You guys aren't working your ass off. Yeah, so I, I, you I, guys I, kind I, of have a similar vibe to your shows. Where below Deck's more of an outlier. I would, I would, I would actually murder someone. I've thought about that when like Vanderpump used to have to bartend, and like you guys are working all the time. And I was like, if someone told me what to do after I had to do a scene with like Austin, I like I would scream, especially if it was some like, like a know, serious big, scene, big, yeah. like a know, fight. serious talk. Like if I had to fight and with my like, ex-girlfriend okay, well, and then someone was like, Hey, my bed's made wrong. I would be like, I'm going to throw you off the boat. <laughs> I quit. Do you know, I thought, I thought that too. I was like, God, those other shows haven't made, but actually since leaving below deck, like I've had a talk show during COVID with, Hannah Burner and two of the housewives. Um, and I think y'all have it harder because I don't know that I would be able to make compelling or entertaining television, just making a storyline out of life. Like I like to have a show where I'm working 
we're all working and that kind of naturally brings in the drama and then it's just me reacting to the workplace drama it kind of gives you like more of an outline that you can just that's a fair take do your thing yeah that's an interesting take is what it is it's definitely an interesting take because i mean i think that we would argue that like you know you wait no i mean i hear what she's saying yeah I, I get it because like someone's foot can get stuck in a line and like there's drama about like the danger of what happened or, about or, or parking or, the boat properly or yeah. about being late to some lunch on the beach or about you know all that stuff yeah, yeah. ours is yeah or I can just more, yeah talk guess, shit personal. about people sucking at their job instead of like being like god I don't even like that person as a person right. you know that's a little a little more yeah that's tough yeah well yeah. that's I mean look at you that's why these, you know reunions are fucking super tough because you have to sit there and just be like I don't like you as a person and here's why and and, and you're like oh my gosh it, it, it's just so so taxing and it's also interesting with what you said where the turnaround on below deck like I've gotten to know some of the guys and then some of them weren't there this year at BravoCon and then I'd meet some new guys like, you know, Gary and Gary's like a player apparently. And I'm like, wait, well, how long has Gary been on TV for? And it's like two seasons. And like I met Daisy and she's been on for like two seasons and everyone kind of has this like two to three season sweet spot. And not to say that they're not going to have more, but you that's kind of why it's more, more broke like that impressive mold, yeah. that, that, that you were on for what, six, seven years. Yeah. Six. Um, I think Gary and Daisy, Daisy will have a long run. I think um, every season of Below Jack that brings in new cast members. I mean, that's their audition, right? It's like, if you want another season, tell us, show us, prove it. Sure. Um, but the, the tricky thing about Below Jack cast member is you have to, it's two jobs. It's the boat job, which you have to actually be good at for safety and for the high standards of the yachting industry in general. And also there's a TV job. So it's a very unique, you know, Venn diagram and it's a very small pool of people who are in that overlapping circle that are good at both jobs and Gary and Daisy are good at both jobs. Yeah. I think that I don't think I would handle it too well. Um, <laughs> That's okay. Before too, like a couple, a couple times I've seen someone who is like good at one of the two and then they like immediately right. like, okay, we're going to drop you off at, um, you know, the next port. And I'm like, damn, that, that was what, in the middle of the season. Uh, I've seen that happen a time or two. Wow. Yeah. Well, right? I guess it and happens in like, real life if you get fired on a boat. And, and like you know, normally what it is. Yeah, I've been fired from many boats, but really? on my resume, I would just say that the boat sold. You know, have I been fired? No, but I've been on a lot of boats yeah. that sold. How do you get fired? Yeah. Don't know. A, what how do you get fired on a boat? You don't do your how, job. Oh, well, the first boat, it was just because they didn't like me, which I don't even blame them. I told you, I was just like a spoiled Florida, like brat, <laughs> like long girl, didn't understand hard work. They're like, get this girl off of here. But the thing that sucks is, I was in Freeport, Bahamas at the time. When you get fired from a yacht job, not only are you now unemployed, you're also homeless. Yeah, you don't want to be. Employed. And oftentimes, you're an uh, unemployed, homeless, and in a foreign country. So that, that was like a real turning point in my life. Like, whoa, uh, mom! It, I didn't have a cell phone. Yeah, like I was just like in a very gross shipyard in a foreign country. Like, oh, yeah, boy. Freeport's not where I would pick in the Bahamas. And, the, and they drop just them. drop you off at the nearest port. I mean, just. They're like, okay, about- thanks so much. Uh, we're good here. Bye. You're like, oh, shit. They'll give you a ticket because they legally have to return you to your home port. They can't just be like dropping off humans in foreign countries. Like sure. that okay. turns into another thing. Sure. But um, <laughs> so they buy you a ticket back to your home port. But I didn't get on that flight, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, if a, they're going to drop me off, so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to hang out here for, for a few days. And I don't know the oh, why yeah. this, yeah, why this popped in my head, but 
probably just with everything going on. Uh, random question. Do the boats that you worked on, do they have like armories? Like, are there a bunch of guns on board and who gets to play with the guns? There are definitely guns on every yacht, but they don't tell me, you know, those nuclear codes. Gotcha. Like they're in a safe. There's like a, I don't really know where they are, but there's a, so when you cross the Atlantic ocean or we do any big crossing, the Atlantic ocean is actually pretty safe. It takes 21 days, but there's a place called the Strait of Djibouti that goes like kind of down um, south of the Mediterranean by the coast of Africa and yachts make that crossing. Generally it's quicker to get to the uh, Pacific that way. And I've got, I've never made the crossing by friends that have, and the piracy is so bad there. Like Captain Sandy got by pirates in what? that area. And yeah. And so what you'll do is like one of my best friends, she was a stewardess and she, um, a, a yacht that did that. They put garbage bags over the portholes before they leave. So no lights show. So they can try and make it through without being detected by the pirates. Like if you're putting garbage bags on your portholes before you leave for a trip, it's, I'd be like, you know what? I think I'll just meet you guys there. Yeah, I'm going to take so, a flight in. <laughs> so then they hire like military armed guards to gotcha. sit on the bow of the boat, like 24 hours, like fire at will. And the crew, um, discusses with each other. If we get boarded by pirates, like where are our hiding spots? And it gets to a point where you like kind of start lying to your crew members. It's just like, you know, Lord of the Flies. You're like, I'm not going to tell them my hiding spot. They might take it. So you start turning <laughs> on your crew members. I mean, I kind of want to do that crossing just for the stories. Yeah. But, you know, I just I tell my friends stories instead. It's like that age old thing where it's like, uh, uh, you know, what is it? It's like, I don't have to be fast. I just have to be you know, faster than you, yeah. you know, when running yeah. from you know, the lion or bear mm -hmm. or whatever. Exactly. Like, uh, yeah. I just have to have a better hiding spot than you is all I need. Right. To have. Well, yeah. I just need you to have the worst hiding spot. That's all I need. <laughs> right. Exactly. And you're yeah. like, actually, you know, a great hiding spot, the hot tub, the heat keeps your signature <laughs> yeah. like and off of it. And the like thermal find you kind of thing. Yeah. And then they're just sitting there. Holding holding the flare on the aft deck. That's the best spot. And then they never know that you're there. You're like, wait a minute. This, mm -hmm. That bitch just... <laughs> um, I, I feel like I'm going to ask you like very basic questions. I, I mean, shit, you've been around this and you've been doing this for so long, but I, I haven't it. heard it you know, from you. But like, okay, um, you know, craziest guest and like, have you hooked up with guests and like gotten fired because of that? Like, like, right. who's the coolest person? I don't know, just you know, ra random okay. shit like that. I can that. go through these quick yeah, for you. Yeah. Okay, so, um, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, usually the guests of yachts that are hitting on this interior crew are, like, not the kind you're like, yay. They're usually, like, the creepy, like, oh, get away from me, guys. Um, like, you're stepping into sugar daddy status if you decide Right, and you know that. what? You know what? I can make, I mean, how rich are you? I mean, I've right. done... I've done worse for free. I'm just saying, but like, you know, it's just, I just didn't really, I was never fortunate enough to meet anybody. I was like, maybe, maybe. hot kids. Like, so, yeah. And let their, like, and like then, their I just 20 year olds certainly, it would be very tough Austin, for me you to would not get, hit you would on hook crew. up with a lot of, it would be very tough for me guests. to not hook up with crew if I was, you know, or, or sorry, to not, you know, hit on crew if I was chartering the yacht, right? Like, it'd be Austin, very tough. why do you think I liked it for so long when I got into exactly. it? Like, the crew are all hooking up. The guests are all attractive. Everybody's drunk. Like, I was like, forget real life. This yeah, is it. Is like, it was most beautiful so fun. places in the world. Yeah, yeah. It's so fun. We need to buy a boat. 
Yeah. So, like, um, but like 150 foot yacht, you know, nothing too big, but you know, the sweet spot. Nick, you need to get our podcast numbers up because we need to buy it. That's our yachts. Yacht. Craig and I are not living. Oh gosh. I can't wait to hear what you guys name your boat, like pillows and beer. You could have like Craig, your uh, yacht could be like throw pillow and then, or no, your tender could be throw pillow Oh, because it'll be smaller. And then, like, your big boat would be, like, a pillow sham or pillow. <laughs> no, because that sounds, like, fake. But, you know, I pillow, love a themed pillow, thing. Pillow not a sham. Yeah, pillow, pillow not a sham yeah. and then throw pillow just pillow as a tender. Money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pillow, my, pillow talk, pillow yeah, something. Pillow t- yes, that's good. Awesome. what would yours be? Oh, man. Here. Something with drinking, like, a drunkard's dream or something, right? Because it, it it's a quote from... Uh, from you know it's a, a drunkard's dream if I ever did see one is that right. Jimmy Buffett because no, I was going to say it sounds no. very it's, Jimmy uh, Buffett yeah. it's the band it's the band okay I don't know what that well it's like Trop Hop and then like oh oh how about Keg and Six Pack Oh, I like that. The yeah, that's tender could be six pack. I love the, the fact that you get to <laughs> see most people only Keg talk money. about their boat name, not realizing that it comes with a tender. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's my right. favorite so, little yeah, thing. Like George Strait, he's clever. His life, his yacht's name is Strait Jacket, and his tender's name is Life Jacket, which is real cute. That is good. That's funny. So when I lived yeah. in Vale, uh, we always did a uh, you know Jort day, and my name was always Jort Strait. And so when I went riding down the mountain, I was like, that was my nick. Uh, I was like, you know, call me George Strait because I was wearing, you know, jean shorts. I like the George. So you're a good skier, I guess, huh? Uh, yeah, awesome. All right. Good. Yeah. All of us have a lot of ADD. She never told us who her favorite guest was and who her favorite, you know, hookup was. Oh, you're so good. And anything like that. Okay. So Kid Rock, it was like, oh, he's summer on that Bobby. He's... Oh, he, you know what? He's actually, you grew up very, very wealthy. His dad owns like a bunch of car dealerships so like his whole image it's all you know we just met image. Austin and I were at a wedding with him a couple months ago and like he randomly oh. got up there and played and was just like he sang sweet him out of Alabama yeah, yeah he did okay so yeah. how how was your experience with him I want to see if it matches mine what did you think of him mine was fan- I mean ours was it was mine it was wasn't in depth pretty but it surface was, yeah it was him. I didn't get to talk to him much. pretty surface you know he's so lovely and polite so it was it was just like summer of 2000 it was a fantastic. long time ago but it was when he, I think that song that you mentioned was like number one on yep. the chart so yep. he was like at the peak and um my yacht owners at the time had the biggest party in San Tropez like everybody was there like the boat almost sank we had too many people and so Kid Rock shows up and he's got a blonde you know, looking like Pamela Anderson on each arm. He's wearing a wife beater. He's up uh, sitting on the jacuzzi and the yacht owner's wife had two rules. Um, no shoes on the boat and no smoking. And which fair enough. And so we're up yeah, there on the sun deck, just looking at all the celebrities going by and there's Kid Rock at the jacuzzi with his two blondes and his wife beater. And he's got the number one song in the summer. And he's kind of like known as like being a badass, and he lights up a cigar. And I look at the other stewardess and I was like, Gabrielle, oh my God, it's Kid Rocky smoking. And she's, I was like, that's what, rule number two. And I was like, I was like I'm not going to tell him it's Kid Rock. I'm, gonna, I'm not saying anything. And Gabrielle, she's like from Alaska. She did not give a single damn. She's like, I'll tell him. She marched, she's like five foot tall. She marches up and she's like, excuse me, Mr. Rock, kid. And <laughs> you need to put that out. And I was like, oh God, here we go. I imagined he was going to stand up and be like, my name is kid. And like the women were just like fireworks. And I was like, oh, here we go. And he just goes, I am so sorry. 
and politely put out the cigar on an appetizer plate and apologize. I was like, that is not the way I saw the spelling. He was so lovely. I did have a applause thing on my soundboard, and I just completely <laughs> botched it. Botched okay. it. I thought it was a scary one. Or, or yeah. see, well, see, so he was great at, that, at the I wedding. You're going to say that he had on like you know freaking Timberlands and was just you know yeah. smoking a cigar. Like he didn't give a damn. No, he was he was fantastic at the wedding, and he actually I thought it was neat. And I remember me and Austin smiled at each other because there was a probably a nine person ensemble like wedding band. And three of the ladies, like the backup singers, he went up and like told them that, you know, he'd like to sing with them. And so they got to sing with him on stage. And I was like, I'm just, they were so happy. And I was like, that was a cool movie. You know, he and, was a guest, you know, he wasn't supposed to be there to yeah. sing, but you know, he did anyways. He was like, he was like, I'm a showman and I'm going to get up there and sing this <laughs> damn song. And then I was like, hell yeah, you are. I was surprised by how vocally good he was. Like he was actually a really good singer. Yeah, I feel he's, like I love him because he didn't guy. do that for himself. Like, he doesn't need the attention. Yeah. He did that like, I'm at my friend's wedding. This yeah. would probably be a cool moment for them. And then he even considered the backup singers like, let's sing. I don't want to take their stage away. Oh, Ladies great. or whoever they are, mm. would you? I would love to sing with you and brought them. Like, he's just a really that lovely guy. That was a great guy. answer. That was a, that was a good one. Yeah. So that was most, that was your favorite. Okay, so, so, so that's your coolest kind of, like encounter or maybe your most it's it was, it's a good story i mean yeah, there's a, a lot story. of good ones but yeah he was that he was awesome i like that one you too did you see all the um obviously there's a lot of drama at BravoCon. i don't even know if a lot of it came out but did you get some behind the scoop stuff when you were interviewing everyone because that i mean i gotta tell you the housewives and some of those shows i mean look our shows all fight too but man do they bring it <laughs> I wanted to be like, you guys know there's no camera crew in the lobby of the guns for it, right? Like, you're not filming right now, y'all. And what I, I had kind too. of a weird position to interview everyone because all this drama is like, everyone's like, did you hear what happened at the Grand Sport with the New Jersey ladies? Did you hear Lisa Rinna got booed off the stage? And they're like, okay, Kate, you and Lisa well, Rinna one-on-one, that- on one, 10 minutes. And I was like, what? And then yeah. that panel How got was that? broken up How- by security, like the married to medicine one, I think. How was that, by the yeah, way? Yeah, I had to interview them right after too. This is perfect. I was walking in the hallway, you know, she like the back the alleys. Tea. And I was like, what the fuck's going on over here? Because there was like 20 people like grouped up and they're like, oh, security just had to pull like half of them off the stage. They're like, it's great for the fans, but not so good for us. And then they would come to the digital stage and be like, all right, Kate, so um, just here's your cue cards. Ask them questions. I was like, so how did the panel go? (laughs) You're like, I I, I feel like there's more. This is a loaded question. Like, how how was the panel? They're like, you know, nails like are broken and their hair's fucking falling off. They're bleeding. I'm like, so is everybody having a great time? Apparently right. Rinna, yeah. like, oh, Rinna leaned into it apparently and like flicked the whole crowd off. I mean, what are you supposed yeah. to do at that point? You know, you can't just be like, well, we don't. So the boy, like me and Austin don't know what's going on a lot of times. Like we tried to <laughs> care, but I mean, yeah. there's so much going on. Like and, that, and that, yeah, we don't know a lot of the housewife stuff. I mean, and, I do follow, you know, Bravo like accounts and sometimes I'm like, okay, wait, so she did what in Aspen? <laughs> she didn't dance in her conga line? fucker you know uh-huh. like so it's yeah. like yeah. hear things like that but that's like you know really surface and like those are the things that make well did hear that so I don't someone know everything at BravoCon, we were like oh shit this is supposed to be a place of positivity and someone was like well you don't know the whole story craig and i was like oh okay I don't know what I would have done if I got booed at BravoCon. I'm like, fuck this. Uh, yeah, would've, would've well, like- imagine. Okay, so here was a tricky part going into BravoCon. I did mention this to a few people, you know, like in the Bravo world. I'm like, can you imagine how awkward it's going to be? Because I believe it's part two, or maybe it's part one, I don't know, of the Beverly Hills reunion aired Wednesday night. 
And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Bravo Con weekend. And so can you imagine at the end of yes. whichever for you guys, can, but Austin, because... I imagine it was probably last season for you, Austin. Yeah. Imagine if you had like such a rough season, like, you know, being in the middle of the biggest drama, your reunion part one airs, and then you're forced in with all of your cast onto panels at, at a convention center with eyes looking at you. Like, Absolutely. so going into BravoCon, the timing of the fact it being Beverly Hills, like the peak of their drama season is happening right now. Well, like I usually guess, when yeah. you do reunion and it airs, you are off, you're done doing press, you know, it's like. So yeah. listen to this. So Craig and I um, went on tour for the podcast and our first podcast was in DC. We sold like eight, 850 tickets or something like that. There's, and the crowd was fired up. And when I tell you that this was two weeks after all of my shit just went down at um, Summer, Summer House, I was like... Which shit? Refresh my memory. The threesome shit? The, no. Which, oh, which yeah. shit? The, the double make out. Like, I know all of your bullshit, Austin. No, I, I um, made out with uh, Sierra and then with Lindsay at Summer House. And people... Oh, right, were, right, 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 right. Okay. People were... They wanted his head. Furious at me. I was like, oh my God, Craig, dude, what is going on? And so we kind of decided to come out together because at first it might have been like, okay, and here's Craig and here's Austin. And and it happened literally like like a week or two kind of after that. And I was like, what if someone throws like a tomato at me? Like, I don't know well, we if had, this is going to happen. We'd have to go out on stage and be like, look, guys. At the end, we can all ask that's, Austin why he like, what did, did what he did, and we can all yell and at Craig. So we and began to, to do these intros uh, on, ahead of uh, on like our second and third and fourth and fifth shows, where Nick would go out there or Jerry, who, and and he would go out there and be like, "All right, guys, so we just wanted to you know, remind you that you know questions at the end, you know, and you guys can ask Craig this, and you guys can ask Austin why he was such a douchebag at you know Summer House, and like that kind of made them laugh." And then, like, mm -hmm. chill out a bit because the first one they were fired up, and these girls were like, Give me the microphone. Austin, <laughs> why are you such a dickhead? And I was like, Holy shit. And you I was know? like, it, I would it, grab it. I'd be like, aggressive. Look, guys, if we all got along on camera, you wouldn't have anything to watch. Like, let's, let's, right. like, all let's chill right. a little chill bit. Out. I kind of love the idea of Austin being like, how, However long your show is, let's say it's like a 46 minute you know, show, whatever, knowing that you have like 44 minutes to win them over because at the end of it, you are, you know, they against the firing squad. Yes. So, I mean, there's enough pressure speaking publicly on a stage to a theater, you know, but then knowing that how well you did during the next 40 minutes determined how they were going to attack yeah. you at the end. Well, I would be like, And it helped. And it helped, too. fortunately, because, you know, yeah. anytime you can get in front of people, when it's just us and production's not involved, it's going to be for most people. Now we have, I know people that are are liked better on TV than they are in real life. I feel like right. a lot of us are liked more in real life than we are on TV because you get a little more. Um, uh, what's what do I always say? That's more, like, more layers, content, more more full more picture. Like, yeah, sure. the full I mean, picture. Yeah, yeah like that's the whole reason that like we. Began to Context. do this, right? Yes. Because we're like, this is. A I like you guys so much version. better right now. I like you so much better right now. Well, yeah. we're, and we're happy, like so. To join so us, I, I want to yes. tell you kind of the ending of this, right? So that first show in DC, there was a woman in, you know, like fifth or sixth row who kept on being like, "Fuck you, Austin." So finally, I got down. <laughs> I, I sat couldn't down. Doing. I know. I sat down and I put my mic out short. And I said, "Come on, just." You know, come on and do it. And she took the mic and she was like, 
I just want to know how you feel about being like a gaslighter and blah, blah, blah. And then she kept on going on. And finally, Craig was like, you have to let him answer. Right. You can't just keep on talking. You got your point out there. Now let him answer. And so I answered this question. It was in the first you know, 20 minutes of the podcast. And when I answered it, it was just like, look, I am doing you know, my best to kind of you know, learn and grow. And that's like all that I can do. And after that, it was all cheers from then on out, and the whole thing changed. So I'm glad that that happened as early as it did in that show because but yeah, it, I'm glad it, it wasn't. It was like an Bravo unruly Con crowd at first because BravoCon would totally, totally sucked if I had like a bad. Well, what, did you see like a lot of? I mean, how, what was your take on BravoCon this year versus 2019? I mean, it was definitely bigger. It was a little. Well, it was bigger, like literally was bigger numbers, bigger uh, turnout, but also the fact that the venue was huge and it was one venue. That's the difference. So the first BravoCon was spread out between three different venues. So I really, you know, it was more intimate. Like you kind of run into like some people in the green room between going panels, panels, but meanwhile, streets blocks away, there's a whole another mini BravoCon going on and then blocks away from that whole. I never even saw parts of BravoCon last year because I never was at that building at that time, you know, so having it all in one place, it really, like, this whole was greater than some of the parts because it was just all building on it, like, the energy, the vibe, all the people, all in one spot. Um, I liked it. I mean, I – what's not to, like, sure that it was just chaotic at times, but that's kind of, like, isn't that the point? Like, just crazy chaos energy. And, da- yeah, I got to see, like – you worked a lot. Like Darren's great, and um, and you got to interview. I did something, you know, with her. I didn't did get you to not? See, no. no, I saw Kate on Thursday. I said hi, but I didn't get to see her after. My first day, I did it with like Maya and Andrea and Vanita and maybe oh, Carrie cool. or something. I think you were my first one of all of BravoCon Austin. Yeah, and, and frankly, I, I didn't. My first I didn't even know too. I was doing that till I got there to New York. I was like, there, Kate. Sorry, uh, what do you guys need? And they're like, you've got twenty five interviews this weekend. I was like, excuse me. Yeah. So really? when you sat down, I was just like. Hi, help me. I know. Like, it was just That's a so lot. Funny because, because what had just happened to me was that I went to my booth and it was you know, the first day and I was walking there and normally whenever anyone asks for like a picture, you're like, yeah, of course. But that happened every like two, two feet, you know? And I was like, guys, I got to get to my booth. So then I brought this crowd there. There was no line. I just got swarmed. And then after that, I came straight to you and I was like, Kate, Hello. How are you? Yeah, you did. Hi. You did kind of have the help me eyes as well. We both kind of looked at each other like because I was like our last BravoCon, we like you. actually had like a weird. You know, I got you booed. Speaking of getting booed, I got you booed. Oh my I god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's right. wait. I forgot about oh, the booing part. I, no, how did I, we forget that? Like, well, God, you still honestly, to be booed at BravoCon. I got you booed. <laughs> speaking of booed, and it was in front of the giant Watch What Happens Live, and I come out and I'm all smiles and 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 I'm happy, and they're like boo. I was like, what the hell is going on? Oh and my Andy gosh, told so me funny. that that Kate was just on. Well, it was Real Housewives of Thailand. Yes, of course. Yeah. A show that I would oh, totally watch. So that I was, um, I was a a very witty and amazing. Uh, but those were but those small why, interactions. She's that we good had. at her job, right. so she clearly can banter and this and that. And so I bought it hook, line, and sinker that she was on a show called The Real Housewives of, of Thailand Oceanic, Ocean. Yeah. Th- yeah, Thailand Ocean. Thailand Ooh, Ocean. I tried to make it as ridiculous like, as possible. Housewives? And you're like, this is great. In Thailand, this is awesome. 
You're like, um, wow, I really didn't think you would, were going to get that. I really didn't think I was going to. Well, I'm really glad, obviously, that we've overcome that because it, it didn't even occur to us. We're like, God, could you imagine getting booed? I, that's, that's so we've 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 healed we, yeah we, so seeing you at this bravo con you had please help me eyes i had please help me eyes kind of like because we were, it was like the first day like well, early first in the morning day, like yeah, we had yeah, some stuff yeah, to it figure was like out noon friday was a little i think everyone just underestimated how passionate and awesome everyone is but um it was great i loved it so well look kate do you have um are you still doing genesis boutique or Oh, yeah. We still have Genesis Boutique here in Melbourne, Florida, and all proceeds go to Genesis House um, for homeless women and their children. Um, I think you can expect perhaps to see me on Bravo uh, coming up this year on another show that's familiar. That's cool. Congrats. Kate is still all a part of the NBC family. That's for damn sure. She's making Was that show I love NBC. By the way, I need to come see you guys in Charleston. I love Charleston so much. I love Patricia Outchul, so I can't wait to come to Charleston and party with y'all. Oh yeah, gosh, and she's she's great. We'll go over. She loves doing these little like she like loves having our hour. I mean, she loves having company and loves you know making cock. Well, she doesn't make cocktails, but you know she she loves to host. Yes, she loves to host. So we'll do. We'll I've do had a... dinner with her in Los Angeles oh, okay, before, good, and she's good. She's just so lovely. I'm my family's from like Georgia and Texas, so I love a Southern lady. Well, that that is Miss Patricia. That is she. Yeah, she is her. Yeah, we're here whenever you come down. You know, the climate is obviously come up very easy. Oh yeah, come up. So, um, well, thank you, Kate, for being here with us. And you know, maybe when the shows come out, you can come back on just to tell us a little bit more about them, please. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. And have fun in Miami this weekend, Craig. All right, thank you, Kate. Thanks, Kate. Bye, guys. Welcome back to episode two of season three, Pillows and Beer. I'm here with Austin Kroll in the Hall Wine studio. We're joined by Nick Norris, and we were just joined by the lovely Kate Chastain. That was great. I'm glad, Austin, you did you did great because I was a little, I didn't know what the limits for asking those types of questions were, but she was Dude, more than willing to share. Kate, so. Kate has been around the block on Bravo. Like, you know, she's not, you know, doing all this shit you know, because she's like a private Reserved. person. Yeah. You know, she's like, she's like, come on, ask, you know, let's go, let's get this going. So yeah, you did good. With how, that. how, how much fun um, is she? I mean, um, yeah, the blast. So, so. And 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 it's too funny because I thought that the very first thing that we were going to talk about was what happened at BravoCon in 2019, and we didn't really talk about it, right? You right. Know, it just shows that it's like you know an afterthought, and it's, and uh, things move too, on too and funny. cyclical, and just uh, well, let's uh, let's do a couple of fan questions, yeah. and we'll wrap up this week's episode. Um, okay, I will just read this question because it's here, and why not? Here's an interesting question for you, and maybe I just want your opinion. I'm 53, and I have been sexting with a 27-year-old. Hold on, the plot thickens. I've been married for 23 years, and he's engaged. He's my son's friend, and he started coming on to me when my son recently passed away from cancer. I mean, this is a movie plot. I feel like a horrible human, but he's model gorgeous, and it gives my ego a real boost. I hardly anticipate it going any further, thinking I should just chalk it up to an awesome core memory and move on. Your thoughts? Chalk it up to an awesome core memory and move on. Yeah, because that's cheating. (laughs) It's it's a lot of things. A lot of things there are also uh, call best call. Is it not Hallmark? The unhappy Hallmark, the one that's like real stressful during the day. 
Isn't there like a lifetime? Lifetime. Lifetime. Yes. Call Lifetime and and write them yeah. this story. I'm almost not even sure if this is real or if this is like a lifetime movie plot that somebody just like you know, concocted and then they want to write it because that is what I just heard. Uh, I will tell you why this is so dangerous because you're not going to like, it, I don't think you're going to be able to just cut it off. Um, I mean, your mind is, is having an affair, right? This is, this is an emotional affair. That's what it is. Uh, and we're not judging. We're just saying like, damn, I feel, I mean, look, you've been <laughs> we're married. Just saying, well, you've been damn, married for 23 a... years, so maybe it's a little different, but the fact that he's engaged and sexting someone is probably not a good sign. Um, and this shit usually comes out in the wash. So, you know, I, hopefully his fiance doesn't find out and go nuclear, but, um, yes, please just chalk it up and move on. Honestly, I don't think you want to get divorced at your age, right? Austin, or is that bad to say? He shouldn't be getting married if he's sexting someone, but Craig, I don't think that we need to go. Okay. Any anyway. to All right. You read this. one. I, I think that's this, a, uh, we'll watch the movie on lifetime. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm anxious to see how this one, uh, you know, finishes up. Um, Okay. Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Um, I need some help. I'm a guest at a wedding in Cancun and I have a plus one invite in February. I've been talking to this girl for a while, but our busy lives and work schedules have made it difficult to where we aren't dating, but basically exclusive. Been there, pal. Or been there, pal, girl. It's Austin's life. Okay. Been there, pal. Yeah. Do I invite her to the wedding or do I go solo? If she comes, do I pay for our room and her flight or just the room and make her get her own flight since we aren't dating? This is easy. I think if, I think that's, well, it's easy. If, if, if you like the girl, then you bring her and you of course pay for the room. That is hands down. No question about it. I think she buys her flight and you pay for the room. And if you like her, then you invite her to the wedding and this is where you make her your girlfriend. End yeah. of story. Yeah. I mean, this is the answer, right? If you, if you like her, this is a dream scenario. It doesn't get much more set up for you here. And yes, you, you treat it like a date, but flight wise, do not overthink. You just say like, Hey, you invite her to the wedding and everything. And like what she'll say is, okay, should I come down Tuesday or Wednesday? Like what time should I get in? And you say, I'll get in at 10. And like, that might be the only way, like, sure. Maybe she'll like she won't be clear if you're paying for the flight or not, not saying that she wants you to, but she'll be like, should I get the 10 o'clock or like the 11 o'clock? And when you say like the 11 o'clock, she'll be like, okay, I'm going to get my flight. I'll meet him down there. But yeah, do, like, yeah, I just let it be natural. And easy. I mean, I've done this. So you uh, tell them when you're getting in and then you tell them when they should get in. Like, just tell her, just tell yeah. her like, Hey, I'm getting in on Tuesday, but it'd be perfect if you got in, you know, Thursday at right. noon. And and I would and I would take because, care of the trip. Know. Like when once you're there, like you know, just then, treat her to the you to the definitely, vacation. Dude, the room is not even the question. You are paying for that because you would be paying for it regardless. Imagine, dude. Yes, imagine if you're like, hey, I want you to come, but let's split this room. <laughs> that's 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 not going to work out for anybody. So if you want a dater man, then your answer is right there. Um, okay, I uh, will do one more, and these are great. How do you guys recommend handling someone in the friend group that hates you? The wife of my, the wife of one of my husband's friends has recently started to dislike me 
to the point of calling me a bitch. She has now blocked me on social media. Dude, I'm already going to tell you this is your husband's problem before I finish this. I have tried to connect with her over the years, but I've mostly gotten the cold shoulder from her. We're all in our 30s and known each other for five plus years. How should I handle the situation? You shouldn't have to do anything. Your husband should be handling this. And I mean, that's... The husband should certainly be handling this because the husband should should be talking to his friend like, yo, like, yo what tell, the fuck? tell your <laughs> wife to be nice to my wife. Or, or we're not going to be able to hang out we're anymore. not going to be able to hang out anymore. Like, I'm not going to be hanging out with people that aren't a fan of my wife because my wife is my number one. So Yeah, that's a no-brainer. And, like, we don't want to jump too quickly on this, but, yeah, he should be handling it. And it shouldn't be a, well, it's not my problem. Like, you handle it. So that was pretty easy. Um, some nice things on Trap Hop. Austin, are you bringing it to Knoxville? And where did you watch the game or oh something? My gosh. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. This is coming from a Vols fan. You rushed the field, stole out with a glove, and helped lift the goal oh, That's not for you. I mean, it's for you, but not. Right. Um, look, Tennessee, Tennessee. Um, I mean, I am so concerned right now with moving my beer to the Northeast. I mean, Bravo Con just like lit a fire under my ass with the amount of people that I met there being like, okay, but where is it like in Philly? Where is it in Connecticut? Where is it here? Where is it? So I need to come to the tri-state area. I need to come to Philly. Says they already drank the beer that they brought back. That's great. I love that. Thank you. Um, Visited in June and through the books. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Thank you. And, um, And be on the lookout. All right, everyone. Well, we love you all. We love talking to our best friends. Love hanging out with y'all. And and special big thanks to our good friend, Kate Chastain. Thank you so much. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. That was really memorable. All right. Happy Halloween, y'all. What's up, Pillows and Beers listeners? I'm Reality Steve. If you're a fan of The Bachelor and all things pop culture, reality TV, you should check out my show, The Reality Steve Podcast, a daily show about The Bachelor, other reality TV shows you may be watching right now. I definitely throw in a lot of Taylor Swift talk and so much more. Search Reality Steve on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.